What's up, Llama listeners? Joe here, and I'm excited to announce our partnership with Blazing Star Barbecue. Blazing Star Barbecue is a veteran-owned business owned and operated by Mike Starr, a veteran of over 20 years of military service and a fantastic member of the Llama family. Through his amazing rubs and sauces, Mike is devoted to bringing unique flavors from his world travels to your backyard. And I got to tell you, I love me some Blazing Star Barbecue, especially the Reaper and brand new Scorpion rubs. I absolutely put them on everything, and they pretty much have rendered the rest of my spice cabinet obsolete. Check them out at BlazingStarBarbecue.com and Blazing Star Barbecue on all social media platforms and get your sauces and rubs today. We promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, everyone. This is Trip Odenheimer, host of the Shadows podcast. Each and every one of us has a shadow. We understand that our shadows are products of our upbringing and obstacles we face. So tune in to hear our guests discuss every week how they turn their trials and tribulations into triumphs and success stories. They embrace their shadows. And that's exactly what we do here at The Shadows. We face them head on. We have a diverse group of guests ranging from athletes, military members, actors, actresses, authors, and entrepreneurs, and just regular everyday people. Head over to theshadowspodcast.com for all new episodes. Episodes drop every Thursday. Maybe saying to yourself, I don't have a story, but you're wrong. Everybody's got a story to tell at the Shadows Podcast, proud member of the Lame and Charlie Network. The Llama Lounge is a proud member of the Lima Charlie Network. Live. Learning. Leadership. The Llama Lounge. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and I am excited to have my brother, Trip Bodie Bodenheimer, back in the lounge with me today. Bodie is an Air Force senior non-commissioned officer, I'm really glad I could say that, and is an instructor at the United States Air Force's enlisted professional military education instructor course located in Montgomery, Alabama. And we get to have this discussion in person for the first time right here in Montgomery. How you doing, Trip? I'm doing good. It does feel good here in yeah. senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The past couple of times I've just been non-commissioned officer, <laughs> yeah. so this is nice. <laughs> yeah, man. I said that you're part of the EPMEIC, but we call that something else now, you, you told me? Oh, my gosh. It's the <laughs> Center for Faculty and Staff Development and Enrichment as part of the Barnes Center uh. for Enlisted Education. Part of that is the Enlisted Professional Military Education Instructor Corps. It's like one of the longest yeah. signature blocks Seriously. you've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's it means instructor. Okay. It means, <laughs> it's like how many vowels is in that, man? That's like it's a, a lot, lot of vowels. Yeah. And then I got Bodenheimer to go on top yeah. of it too. So yeah. yeah. It's yeah. How, a lot. how big is your business card now? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. It, that's the thing. I need to I need to go ahead and print some of those out. The sign on my door. Like honestly, though, we're joking about it. We printed new signs for our door because we've been renovating our building, and the signs wouldn't even fit in the little slide-in piece. So the font <laughs> is like very, very—it's like the size of the font on my phone right now, nice. just to get them in there. So you have to really walk up to my office to see yeah. who my title is. So yeah, yeah. And I was thinking on your email and your on your signature block that title is going to be so long that 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get yelled at. Somebody's <laughs> going to be like, that's, that's not approved in the tongue and quill. <laughs> but, man, hey, this is awesome. We get to actually talk in yeah. person. Yeah, this doesn't happen very often. I happen to be here in Montgomery, uh, uh, TDY, at the group uh, Senior Enlisted Leader course. So had to take this opportunity. Uh, testing out some new equipment right here to make sure it works. Uh, not really new. I've had it for a long time but I've had no reason to use it because I've been in Korea so uh, it's a good test and hopefully this all records well yeah, hopefully this whole thing's recorded I know if it's not I guess we'll just be doing this again it's being exclusive <laughs> but, hey man um, normally we always ask you know how, how things are going but I'm gonna take a, a just a, a thing off of Bill Ekstrom he was a he was a, um, a guy on my podcast recently a guest awesome guest and he said instead of asking that how about what's the best thing to happen to you this week wow what a week to ask that too because even well even though this week's short Mm -hmm. my birthday is tomorrow at the time of this recording but i'll go to last week last week was really cool for me because i'm big on one of my favorite books power moments Mm -hmm. and I have really like internalized that and I've really been thinking a lot about just especially this podcast journey I've been yeah. on about you know uh, and a lot of the, the books you've introduced me to like stoicism and things like that and getting the most out of life not being afraid to go out and do new things and live life to the fullest and one of which was I didn't get a chance to experience a lot of stuff uh, outside of the 11 years I have my dad so I'm trying to make the most out of any of these moments that I have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do so hopped in the car with my daughter. We went to the national championship game, nice. uh, watched North Carolina, Kansas. Wasn't the outcome we wanted, but still mm. it was uh, it, it was crazy. Like I left the arena and there was like 30,000 Tar Heel fans upset. But I'm sitting here like, they lost. I don't play for them. Right. Uh, but I had a great time with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And now my daughter is like really into basketball. She's trying out for uh, her high school team uh, next year. And uh, I think their tryouts are like the 20th of April. And okay. then... My wife took me to Braves opening day. Uh, I was 0 for 2, though, between the Tar Heels and the Braves. So, But you know what, though? It was a test. It was all about just the, the moments that were created there. I tried to be present, not have everything on my phone. Uh, I tried to just be in the moment with everyone. So it was. I was blessed with a uh, new class starting last week, too. So it was just an amazing week. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, so that book, um, Power of Moments... Yeah, I think it's Chip and Dan Heath yep. that wrote that. And they did such a good job. I, I just because you know, I didn't think about it. They talk about the um the John Deere story in that book and a couple other things. I just you know, making those moments really count and I think that's really important because we live in a world that we're so like just on to the next thing. On to the next thing. So I remember uh, uh when my wife um got her bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. I was like, No, we gotta celebrate this. And, you know, and, I, and she was just like, well, we'll move on to the next thing. You know, and it's not yeah. a big deal. I was like, no, this is a big deal. Got to make it a You know moment. what I mean? Yeah, we should celebrate these milestones. And um, it means so much more when you celebrate them and take a moment, right? There's a lot to that. So I think um, whether that's a work milestone or just being in the moment of some something that's awesome. Because we take for granted so many things that we do. Like, you got to go to that Braves game. Yeah. How many people didn't get a chance to do that? I mean... National championship. Right. I've right. always wanted to go to a national since right. I've been little. I wanted to go mm-hmm. to a national championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, that's a great book. So um, for our listeners, if you've not checked it out, that's uh, I think that's a um, not just a great leadership book because I think it's important as a leader for us to understand that. Yeah. Uh, but also just a great life book. You know, whether you're leading your home, leading yourself, mm-hmm. things are real important because you might just be solo, but something great happened. Um, 
it might be even more important at that moment to take a moment and celebrate that, you know, that, that whatever that event might be, that milestone. So, yeah, good stuff. Celebrate it and not just make it a Facebook post. Right, right. I did this, but actually, like, physically celebrate yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's pretty common. Like, when I was younger, I think I would do that a lot more, too. Just put something on a Facebook post. And, and, and it, like, now it's there. Uh, celebrated it for that two seconds or whatever that post took. And then move on to the next thing. And um, Even celebrating in silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go out on social media. Just right. celebrate it in silence. Go out, have a dinner with family. Don't have to post every single thing that yeah. you did, but just post it or, or keep it to yourself. Cherish that moment. And yeah, it's the, the part that got me was I looked next to us and there was someone that was uh, on their phone yeah. just about the whole entire time. And I was like, even when they were watching the game, they were filming the game. Yeah. And I was like, you're literally watching on television because you're yeah. watching your phone. Yeah. And this is right in front of you. Yeah. So it just, I don't know, it was a huge eye opener for me. Yeah, I think that, that probably, a lot, a lot of that, um, it doesn't come until you mature a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Re- realizing those things. Because especially with all of us have these damn phones glued to our hands. And, yeah. Yeah, with everything else, like trying to capture that. So I think, you know, this is a good segue to something that um, that you and I have been wanting to talk about. And yes. I kind of talk about it as, I call it bumper sticker leadership, but it could also be called like, just like we talked about social media leadership, because we are tied quite a bit to social media. And I think there's a lot of great things that come with social media. Yep. But um, there's also some, some negative consequences and implications that can come from that. And I think um, something that we've noticed a lot is people are getting their their bumper stickers or mantras that to live by or or whatever their, their leadership philosophy off of these posts and uh, off of quick snippets of, of, of terms right and concepts and all of these concepts are posted I would say I won't say all because I don't want to speak in absolutes but I would say 99.9% right when, yeah. when they have great intention and, and when used in context they're good right but without some more context behind it, it can be misinterpreted and then maybe used incorrectly. Or it can come off as um, a leader just spouting those off left and right mm-hmm. uh, without really internalizing them, uh, fully understanding them, could come off as just not authentic at all. That's what I see a lot of, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's two concepts I hear a lot, um, vulnerability right, and transparency. Yes. These are two that I hear quite a bit, and uh, I will absolutely say to anybody, um, those are two very important concepts for a leader, right? Mm-hmm. To to, uh, to be able to show that vulnerable, to be vulnerable, right? Because you have to um, be vulnerable to be able to grow, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and also show others, inspire others, right? And transparency is important because people want to know things are equitable, right? They're, that that they're fair as much as possible. We're not in a life of fairness, right? This world isn't necessarily fair, but they, the people want to know, right, what's going on back there because that can also increase trust, understanding that. But there's a time and place for both of those. What do you think? I totally agree. I think the vulnerability piece, uh, just to kind of give our listeners like a little background of me, but like I teach new instructors and I'm getting them used to coming out from their career field and going into this brand new career. Right. And they're gonna be under a microscope. And vulnerability, I tell them, is like one of the biggest keys that you have to have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, my whole career I've told to be vulnerable, be vulnerable. But yet the first chance that someone gets a feedback, mm-hmm. what do we do? Yeah. 
get very defensive right. about it, but we'll preach all day that I'm vulnerable. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen to this. Uh, I think vulnerability is huge in growth mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. You got to be vulnerable. You got to realize that you're not always the smartest person in the room. You got to be willing to understand that uh, there's always a better way to do something right. more times than not. Uh, and then with the transparency piece, I am a big believer on that as well. I think with transparency, I think that uh, it's that relatability piece that goes right. into it when you're talking about just the whole person mm-hmm. being transparent. But I think with work, where especially with the generation that we work with now that want to know why we're doing stuff, why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I can't say how many times I've been kept out in the dark on something because, well, you're not in the need to know, mm-hmm. but yet we need you to work on this. But I want to know why. I want to see like behind the curtain as to what's going on with this. And I think good leaders do that. I think they'll right. sit there and they'll say, like, all right, not, I'm not just going to sit here and help mentor you, but I'm going to help you wrap your head around why exactly we're doing this. So I think transparency for leadership mm-hmm. really stands out to me because of that. I think we're, it's Gen Z. They want to know why they're doing something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, perfect examples of why these two concepts are really important. Now, taking those out of context and not really thinking time and purpose, time, you know, it can cause issues, right? Timing does, it it is important, right? So uh, I think about being vulnerable as a leader. um, I remember when I was a young NCO, I was looking, we were doing a prime B formation. So for our listeners in um, in CE, we'll get up in uh, basically our wartime contingency operations. We typically do it once a month. Sometimes um, some bases do it like once a quarter for multiple days. Right, so, but um, prime beef formation, uh, we break out and we're gonna go into our teams. And I remember looking over at a group of senior NCOs and I thought to myself, man, like one out of those five instill confidence in me. Yeah. Like make me feel confident that I would follow them anywhere. Right, And, and this is the thing is like, that's important. That's also very important for a leader yeah. to, to instill confidence in their people, right? And if I'm just totally not taking into context uh, timing and place when it comes to when I'm going to be vulnerable, and I decide, hey, we got to go take that hill, and this is a time for me to bare my soul <laughs> to my troops. Not and talk the right about, time. Right. And so, so that, you know, and, and, and you know, some of our listeners are going to be listening. It's like, well, duh. But... I'm telling you, people will mess that up, mm-hmm. right? And they'll just go around telling everybody about everything, every time to the wrong people. Um, and that's another thing, context, uh, the people, you know, uh, as leaders, sometimes uh, you have to know who your confidants are, you know, your true confidants before you just start bearing your soul to everybody. So I think those are also important and some people might not agree, but I think it is very important when it comes to human dynamics. Well, it's like being a parent to mm-hmm. me. I, I equate a lot of supervising or Mm -hmm. leading or managing to being a parent Mm -hmm. and if you know there are times where my daughter needs me to regardless of what's going on to grip my teeth suck it up and she there's a time and a place for you to be vulnerable in that you you go you close the door you're vulnerable Mm -hmm. uh and and yeah people will listen to this and say i I disagree with that but and they're entitled to feel that way but i would say uh there's times too where as a parent you protect them by hiding that, you know, vulnerability that you would typically have, and you say no, you mask it in a way, right. uh, and then you can be vulnerable at a later time. Yeah. But I think in the military it's no different. Mm-hmm. I think there's times that, like you said, you you can get you know fired up, but then if you see your leaders are 
trepidatious or right. hesitant, right. you lose that right. because of that vulnerability that they're showing. So I think when we say like, oh, be vulnerable, be mm-hmm. vulnerable, yeah. I totally agree. Time and place. Right. And I think it's, so when I think of a great way to be vulnerable is at the right time and right place. You can inspire your teams by showing them that you make mistakes too. Yes. That you're human, right? And I think that's that's a great point, you know, when it comes to being vulnerable. And there are, so once again, time and place, right? And, and context. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here? Uh, I, I'm all about telling telling my teammates. I screw stuff up all the time, right? And I don't know everything. And I think those are like really important, you know, facets of vulnerability that you can share anytime, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, those are things that you can share. Uh, most any time. I'm sure there's some time, like once again, I don't like talking absolutes, but there are probably times where you don't need to tell everybody that you screw something up every day, but right, because you're still trying to instill that confidence. But, but you know, there's a balance there, and you got to harmonize that. And same thing with transparency. Um, there are times where you don't need to share everything at that moment because it's only going to cause more issues at that moment, right? But as much as you can get to that point of transparency because you've built trust with your team then you could be more transparent, right? And then more transparent. But until you've built that trust, um, maybe there's time and place with that as well. And yeah. um, and it's funny, I was actually, my, my vice wing commander said something. I was like, yeah, transparency has a time and place. And there's sometimes, you know, he was talking about his wife. He was like, my wife tells me all kinds of stuff. And I tell her, you don't have to be that transparent right now. Because <laughs> I know I'm screwing up, but I, I can only take so much at yeah. a time, right? So there's some of that as well. Yeah, I something we started to do as part of our course, mm-hmm. and I usually don't like to talk too much about like what we do, but I think this is like perfect for it. Yeah. But we started to do a thing where when the students get there on day one, right. we have them huddle up. Mm-hmm. And typically, you know, you do icebreakers and all this kind of stuff, but we do something, we started to do something a little different. We've done it like three or four times now, but you basically have them circle, you have the little plastic flutes with some grape juice in it, and you basically just get with a, a mixture of people from different classrooms. So it's mm-hmm. not all one class. It's a mixture of people there on day one. And then you basically open up about a vulnerability that you've had. Hey, this was a time when someone told me I couldn't do something and yeah. I did it. This was a time where uh, I you know, surprised myself. This was a time where I was at an all-time low, but yet I'm here today. Right. And we share that in our purpose of doing that on the day one is to show them like hey you can be vulnerable while you're here and you can really connect with this group and I even noticed it with a couple of my past classes compared to when we weren't displaying Mm -hmm. that vulnerability on day one and it was taking weeks if we even got to that point but now we're having these real discussions and this is a group of you know NCOs and senior non-commissioned officers as well they're in there and they're having there's tears being shed in this room and we're showing them that hey if you take this back and have someone that comes through your schoolhouse they may never have had a mentor Mm -hmm. in all of their years but now they can go in and talk to you in a one-on-one setting and you can be vulnerable and say look i've been through something like you this before i've been in your shoes and now you've got that connection. Now they have a mentor that has finally invested in them six, seven years in. So it starts with where we get them on day one and basically just, you know, getting them in that mindset of it's okay to be vulnerable. And I told them, I was like, also don't get in front of a class and say, you know, be overly vulnerable and yeah. be like, you know, wow, that's a good topic. I don't know. Right. Hey, the next thing, oh, I, I have no idea how to mm-hmm. answer that either. Because mm-hmm. uh, that'll definitely backfire on you. So right. I tell them like, 
be vulnerable when it comes to things like that. Don't be vulnerable when it comes to you're starting to lose credibility now. Right. Absolutely. So, so I think a, a big thing that we take away from this is whether it's transparency or vulnerability, you know, is great when used correctly because yeah. you can grow, right? When you, when you show that vulnerability and say, I don't know, you know, uh, you're more likely you're going to learn, right? You, you can learn and gain that knowledge that you just don't know about and you're open to and people will be open to tell you about it. But the other piece about that is, um, is that you can inspire, right? You can inspire. And I think I talk about this quite often. There's a difference between impressing people and inspiring people. Mm -hmm. um, I say all the time, I know, I know you're, you're into um, superheroes and stuff like that. I'm like, Superman impresses me because he does awesome stuff. But he doesn't inspire me because I can never be Superman. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't yeah. inspire me. A lot of people want it. Like, what is inspiration? Inspir inspiration is about showing people a future that they can attain. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? A better future that they can attain. And you, you don't do that by showing that you're superhuman and that you're invulnerable and infallible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's very important. Same thing with the uh, transparency piece. Um, just go around telling everybody what's exactly on your mind all the time and see how that works out for you. Yeah, you see, people start <laughs> gossiping and talking, and they're like, oh, here they come again. Right, yeah. right. Oh, well, that'll backfire on you, too, because you're going to say the wrong thing about somebody. Right, and right. Yeah, that, and then credibility goes back right. to that. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know about you, man. I'll just be 100%. I'll be vulnerable right now. There's a lot of dumb stuff that happens in my mind that doesn't need to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Right? I mean, even, like, not even just stuff that's potentially vulgar or could offend somebody if I don't like run through a filter real quick and think through it but just some dumb stuff like do worms yawn I wonder if worms yawn you know what I mean like just yeah, I dumb stuff. That. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know just random stuff man I'm telling you so, yeah hey I don't need everybody to know what's going on up here all the time <laughs> yeah well yeah I've made that mistake telling my family like things yeah. that I'm thinking so I, I think this I'm not going to say them on the mic yeah but I'll be thinking certain things and it's like yeah. Listen to the radio for right. a little bit. Yeah. This is a good song. Could, could you imagine, like, some of us have these thoughts, right? And we're, maybe we're overly pragmatic in some ways, right? And somebody is like, hey, um, you know, a loved one passed away, and um, I was wondering if you'd like to go to the funeral with me. And the first thing that flows in your head, because you're very logical, right? And you're like, nobody likes to go to funerals. I'll go with you if you want me to. Right? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's true. It's going on in your head, right? That maybe yeah. doesn't need to be said at that moment. Oh, right? I would be bored. I don't really know him. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know. Why would I want to go to that? Nobody likes what, Wasn't there like a Mel Gibson movie like that where he was able to hear like what the, yeah, what, what women what want, want or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm gonna, if that's right, I'm going to blame it on my phone. Like yeah. I looked it up if that was the name of the movie. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes you think like, oh, that would be nice to know that. But then you yeah. see what yeah. even like we think and right. it's like, I don't really know if I really yeah. want to get inside everybody else's head. Yeah, I think there's a there's some maturity that comes with it too. At this point, I know that um, I don't necessarily want to know every single thing that my loved ones think about me at every moment. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. I don't need to think. I, I don't need to know what everybody in general thinks about me at any moment. You know, yeah, you can yeah. only take so much at a time. So yeah, I think those are those are really important things that you know we think. There's context that needs to come into play. Um, timing. Um, what are we talking about right now? Is this even valuable? So I think. Emotional intelligence is, plays a big part of it. Social intelligence plays a big part of being able to help yeah. discern when and you know when and where and mm -hmm. with who. Right? Those are all important things. Yeah, emotional intelligence is something that shout out to Noble, mm -hmm. um, by the way. But yeah, emotional intelligence is something that 
I think has helped me a lot with, especially a lot of these topics that we're going to talk about, a lot of these bumper stickers we're going to right. talk about, uh, you know, knowing when to speak up, when not to, mm-hmm. when to get hijacked, right. when it's, when you probably don't want to, yeah. uh, even working with people now, they're like, how does that not bother you? What we just went over. I'm like, I don't have enough room in my carry on for, <laughs> for that to bother me yep. right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. not going to mess with me at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's only so much bandwidth we have, almost so much energy, and you know, and we gotta be able to utilize that at the right time. You know? Sometimes it just takes maturity to, mm-hmm. and it, 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 I'm not gonna lie, it took me thirty some years to realize how to turn that off. Yeah, I figured out last month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still working on it though. <laughs> so, so we got a couple of bumper stickers. Just we started off with a couple uh, quick. You know, just some of those buzzwords that we have out there. Uh, what, what, what are some of the ones that um, you've been thinking about? Let's talk about your article. Okay. The one with that. <laughs> Let's just get straight to it. Let's... Oh, man. So, for our listeners that did not read my article, it was titled, Not Everybody Deserves Feedback. LimaCharlieNetwork.com. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it drew some fire, and I knew it would. And yeah. primarily from people who... Uh, I would say honestly read the title and then had a uh, they, they went in with confirmation bias they, they had it figured out right right they had it all yep. figured out and they felt attacked shows, right because it was interesting because a lot of the stuff that was I, was, I got criticism and, and it wasn't a lot it was um, a couple people that really criticized it um, and most people thought it was 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 really good right so I appreciate that and I think that comes with uh that just it's cost of doing business you know when you put information out there some people are just not gonna like it and I'm okay with that you know I was totally yeah. with it but um, what I found interesting was that people started adding stuff into that article that I didn't write in there were they like speaking yeah, for yeah, you yeah it was like they just... added their own stuff their yeah. flavor and their spin to like, like I know they're I, writing your narrative yeah yeah and I think um, they translated when I said every not everybody deserves feedback um, and they took it to, that means leaders don't have the ultimate responsibility to still provide that feedback, which I actually clearly said that they do in the article, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's still a leadership responsibility to provide feedback. Uh, but the article was written about the accountability piece because I think we, um, I've, I've even heard it before, everybody deserves feedback. I'm like, well, do they? Like, do they? Now, there's a difference between I'm entitled to feedback, right, because within my career field or just as a human. Military is a whole, Military, right? It's a requirement, right? That I'm entitled to that versus me actually deserving that, Mm -hmm. right? And just like what we talked about a moment ago with transparency, same thing. Like transparency requires trust and psychological safety, an environment of psychological safety. So even as a subordinate or somebody in that, whoever's in that relationship, if they don't, create they can also influence that, that environment whether it's psychologically safe yeah so and it, it really depends on how they respond to things so my point on the not everybody deserves feedback was not to say that leaders still don't owe that feedback right was that how we respond to feedback uh, is is part of the equation mm-hmm. right and uh, the people I was saying that don't deserve feedback are people, and I, once again, I didn't say they're not entitled to feedback and that leaders aren't responsible for giving that feedback. Um, I was saying that uh, the person receiving also um, has some responsibility. They gotta be willing to they accept be, it. Yeah, willing to accept it. Um, 
not externalize every time they get told some critical feedback, mm-hmm. right? Now, does that mean all leaders deserve to give feedback? Probably not, because some leaders suck at giving feedback, right, effectively. So that's definitely, that was probably going to be the next article. Not, not all leaders deserve to give feedback. Ooh, that'd be a good follow-up. <laughs> yeah, right? That'd be a good right? follow-up. Right, but yeah, the point was, you know, if I... Um, if I'm always externalizing or I blow off the feedback, but I keep on saying, because you hear it all the time, people say, I didn't get any feedback, I didn't get any feedback. Well, you did, you just weren't paying attention, right? Because feedback comes in many forms. There's the formal feedback, there's a direct feedback, but you gotta be able to read a room too, right? And we go back to that social and emotional intelligence, like you gotta be able to read a room. If every time you walk and you start talking, everybody starts rolling their eyes, that's feedback. Yeah. Right? And if you're not taking that in, being aware enough, or seeking that feedback, and when you receive that feedback, responding in a mature way, you don't deserve feedback. Yeah. Right? It doesn't mean I'm not still going to give it to you, but you're not deserving of it. Right? And and that's, that's the point of the article. I had something happen to me, and I talk about it when I teach one of my lessons, but there was someone who we were going through actually the course that I now teach at mm-hmm. we were going through there and the individual uh, had told me we were doing our, our like peer to peer feedback mm-hmm. and we had this agreement mm-hmm. that we're going to be brutally honest with each other right. like no softballs no cookie cutter you're the best none of that stuff like yeah. I, I want like real <laughs> yeah. feedback actionable feedback that I can take and move forward right. and get better from and there is that sense of going back to vulnerability mm-hmm. in receiving feedback because a lot of times we just want what we think we know. We just want confirmation is what we, we feel like we're doing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get caught off guard and it's like, oh wow, I didn't realize I was, that was a blind spot. I didn't realize I was coming off that way. But the next step of that is you gotta be willing to accept that and move that into that known realm and improve upon it. Well, this individual that I was giving feedback with, they went first, they gave me feedback. Yeah. Cookie cutter city. And then I said, okay, well, my feedback for you is uh, this. Mm -hmm. And they had a uh, relatability issue Mm -hmm. that I felt like. They they said something about failure. They don't fail. Uh, And I said, well, you're going to have students who are going to be unsuccessful on evaluations. You're just, you're not really going to see eye to eye with them. I thought it was fair feedback. And they took it some type of way, didn't they? Now we we had the whole, (laughs) you know, like spit on the handshake. Yeah. Blood, yeah. you know, all this. We had this this bond that we yeah. were going to have this yeah. honest feedback with yeah. each other. And right when I said that, I automatically noticed the nonverbals change mm-hmm. and the demeanor change and the the arms crossing. The defense mechanism went up, and I said, "Oh boy, here in my head, it's like here we go." Yeah. And all of a sudden, the individual stopped listening and already had their follow up as to what mm-hmm. they were going to say. And as soon as I finished. And I kind of took a deep breath. They said, you know what? Something just came to me that I was thinking about you. (laughs) And there we go. It was that defense mechanism. So I think, and this is something, I mean, for even like the listeners just to kind of ask themselves is like, when you're confronted on something, like how do you react? Are you defensive? Do you actually listen to it? A lot of times people say it depends on who gives us the feedback. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about some of those leaders that don't even, you know, need to be given feedback to begin with. If they probably gave me feedback on something, depending on what it was, Mm -hmm. I would probably be like, okay, thank you, noted. Now, if my wife gives me feedback or if you give me feedback, Mm -hmm. that's a completely different story. I think it has like levels of like respect. Yeah. Levels of how much mm-hmm. you you uh, value this person, right. this this mentorship, mm-hmm. 
But if I were to go into Best Buy tomorrow and somebody bumped into me and was like, hey, I just want to tell you, you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Yeah, and, and I will not be receptive to <laughs> right. that feedback. But going to your article, first of all, I thought it was a very well-written article. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I read it and was like, I think this is great. I knew it would get some backlash. <laughs> I knew that. But that made it good. That yeah. made it good. It's not just your, your standard. It wasn't like my articles where it's just like, okay, cool. Uh, it was, you know, it was a little heat seeker, but it was good. And but I, I do agree with that. I think that it is exhausting when nothing. There's not a lot of things I can think are more exhausting than when you really give someone mm-hmm. feedback, thought provoking feedback, and your best interest is not to tear them apart. It's mm-hmm. to, hey, get better at this. Like right. improve on this. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, this will help you. This will make all of us better. And then they're non-responsive to it, or they just like it, it's almost like it didn't settle, it didn't right. sink in, right. they didn't catch it, and that can be really tiring, yeah. really exhausting. And then I, I think it's not so much that they don't deserve it; it's just, geez, I've given it to you, right? And given it to you, right. and now I'm worn out and frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how else to tell it to you. And then you're right; it gets to a point where it's like, Bob well, is never given feedback. Yes, you were. Yeah, right. You were. Right. Yeah, I have found that um, that I think we as a society we're not very good at providing feedback or receiving feedback in no. general. I think I think it's uh, unfortunately it's come to a point where it seems like you got to be pretty exceptional to be able to deliver feedback effectively. And I think all of us are works in progress. We can always get better, but there's some terrible ways that people give feedback. Right? That it's not actionable, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier you talked about. That's important, right? Um, it shouldn't be focused on the person's character unless they actually have some character issues to mm-hmm. bring up. And I think that's important that we give each other feedback in that way too. Um, uh, but you know, I don't think we're trained very well on how to give that feedback, so we're just told that we need to, right? So we'll probably do. Are you required? You're required. Right? You're required to. Yeah. Here, this is what you got to do, and here's a form. <laughs> Go do it, mm-hmm. right? But um, but I think that it's also very important for people to be able to learn how to receive feedback, right? And I think some of that comes with maturity and and also seek out feedback that's not necessarily, what's not being said, that's important too, right? That's important too. And you can always blame circumstances or or They just don't like your shit, they don't like me or whatever, right? You can do that all you want, but you really gotta be able to look introspectively, look at what's happening in your environment, I mean, you can. There's a lot of ways you can receive feedback, right? So I think that um, there's a, there's the whole point of the article was that we also got to be personally accountable to whether or not we are deserving of feedback, right? Yeah. That nothing to do with whether or not we're entitled to it or we should get it. Um, it's there's there's a level of responsibility that comes to the person that's receiving it, and even as a leader, I've heard so many leaders tell their subordinates, "I need to hear feedback. I want to hear it," and then when they're given feedback, they themselves shun it. Right, mm-hmm. and now it's like I'm the boss. You're that person that that leader is not deserving of feedback either. Yeah, right, right, and they're probably not going to get very much if they keep on shutting it down. Right, so um, for me as a as as a leader, I might be talking to somebody that's junior to me, uh, and I'll ask them. I was like, hey, tell me how that went or whatever. You know, uh, give me some feedback. If they give me some constructive feedback, I have a moment to to decide how I'm going to respond to that. If I roll my eyes or immediately get defensive or whatever, I'm all I'm showing all the attributes I'm talking about that you don't deserve feedback, and uh, and that can change. That can be a game changer right in that moment. Right. Your eyebrows just being right, like, right, yeah. I don't know, right. So it gets, but even if it's not really 
value-added feedback. Maybe it's not. Take it. Go go sit on it for a little bit, and then decide what you're gonna do with it. Yeah. You know, and and that's really what you can do. And then you might even determine that that wasn't really effective feedback. <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't get much out of that, or they didn't get the full picture, and they took whatever I said out of context, and they provided me feedback off of that. So I think that's really important, and I think it was um. I got some feedback off that article, right? And um, some, so one person was very assuming. They said, uh, they made a lot of assumptions. They said, well, I'm, I'm sure that you uh, wish you didn't title it that. And I was like, no, actually, no, I don't feel that way at all. Because <laughs> it started a discussion, but appreciate your comment, right? And then another person made I wish a, I would have changed the photo. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> another person had an interesting comment that said, uh, Deservedness, you know, a couple people like they honed in on the word deserved, the, mm-hmm. the deserving part, right? And they they were talking about deservedness, and um, one person said that, well, your 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 argument's moot because if you had a homeless person on your porch and that were starving, that you would still feed them even if you felt they weren't deserving. And I was like, yeah, but actually, my point to, in your analogy that you just gave was if I brought out some hamburgers and they were starving, and they said, how come this isn't filet mignon and slap burger out of my hand yeah <laughs> that's what i was describing was or like, you're not gonna feed me right right absolutely yeah like, i didn't select that why don't you get me something else right? yeah that's what we're talking about here yeah taking it out of context mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i think with uh with every bit of feedback there's like a kernel of truth to some mm-hmm. sort of extent mm-hmm. and i've read i i'm gonna sound totally uncredible on here i think it was berkeley or somewhere i read there was like a study where it was uh, if people typically have like 10 to 15 things they want to say to you, Mm. but they're not going to give you 10 to 15 things. They going back to a different superhero, Batman, they're going to, you know, keep that bottled up and use that to their advantage. But if they give you, they'll give you one Mm -hmm. typically, even spouses, you you sit down with your spouse tonight and you say, be a hundred percent honest with me. What do I do that annoys you? Good luck. You're going to get one and then you'll get mad and it turns into an argument. But even if you were to tell me something right now and I were to sit here and just my nonverbals, 93% of communication is done through nonverbals. If you see my nonverbals, you're going to withhold the rest of that feedback from me and feel like I'm not ready for it. But you're going to have that bottled. So we never really know interacting with people, even those closest to us, what their honest feedback and opinions of us are, even though we think we do. The most honest feedback we really get is internally from ourselves. Yeah. Because we know what we're not good at. Mm-hmm. We know what we need to improve yeah. on. We like to get validation from other people. Yeah. And like me, I'm always going to question myself as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. But when someone tells me like, oh, great podcast episode. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was great. I know that wasn't a good episode. Mm. But I know they're telling me that yeah. because <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah. But I think that's something that uh, to get the best feedback, you really got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, and then it'll stem. Then you'll be able to start accepting it more from yeah. others. The most brutal feedback is the one that really catches you off guard mm-hmm. because you're unaware of it. You're totally right. unaware of it, and you're like, I, "No, that was not my intent. I did not mean to come off. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We're accepting of that. Mm-hmm. But if it's something we know, we try to fight it off. But I had a uh, I had a leader who really taught me to give, not just uh, receive feedback. Mm-hmm because he was over me, but it was to also give him feedback. And he was a chief, Mm -hmm. and he said, uh, we're gonna schedule feedback with each other, Mm -hmm. but you need to prep and think of some things that I need to get better at. It wasn't, tell me what I'm good at. 
And I went in there with them and I gave feedback to them just like I would with anybody else. I had that, you know, those 10 things stored up. Yeah. Wasn't going to say anything. Actually, for him, it was like five. But I was like, not going to say anything. I'm going to say one, see how he reacts. And I went in there and gave him one and he's like, I know you got more. Mm-hmm. I know you got more. And mm-hmm. we ain't leaving. So I hear everything. Yeah. Like, I need to hear everything. Mm-hmm. And everything I told him, he wrote down and he's, he was very appreciative of the yeah. feedback. Now, moving forward, I could give him feedback on anything. Right. And I think that was key. And that proved to me, like, okay, he was teaching me how to give mm-hmm. feedback appropriately. Right. But also, by seeing him do that, it was showing me how to receive it better. Right. And that made me better in my role of teaching. And, you know, I get done teaching in front of 50 people. I'm like, everybody, before you leave, yeah. tell me how I did. Right. Don't just come up to me and say, you did fantastic. That was the best brief. No, no, no. That doesn't work with me. Right. I need legit feedback. Yeah, that um, that example really resonates because what what he did was, um, you know, we talk about lead by example. There's no better leadership than by example. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And it kind of goes to what we're talking about is you can it's go out there and sticker. talk all you want, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can go out there and talk all you want about. Um, you got to be transparent. You got to be vulnerable. You got to, you know, uh, you got to de- deliver feedback. You, you need to receive feedback, seek it, and all that stuff. But if you're not living by example to all those things, you're not going to instill confidence in people or create an environment where they want to provide you that feedback or they want to mm-hmm. be transparent with you or um, or where they feel comfortable being vulnerable with you, right? So that, uh, that chief did a great job because not only did they teach you things during that, but they were also being vulnerable and transparent through the whole process, right? And that's where that's a great use and timing of, <laughs> of those concepts. Yeah. Yeah, so... Cool, man. I think the, the the next one that I want to talk about, we both kind of talked about it a little bit before we hit record, was um, the whole concept of feeling uh, like just encouraging failure. Leaders encouraging failure, right? Yeah. So I, I see Once that. again, timing. <laughs> right, right. You're like sitting there and you're like, you know, we should encourage failure. It's like, mm, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should encourage failure, right? And I think there's a... It's important because it, what's the what's the reason behind that? The good intent because all these have good intentions, right? Growth, um, growth, right? Yeah. yeah, and give them that opportunity to to be able to grow and not be so fearful that they're not going to step outside of their uh, whatever they perceive as their comfort zone. You know, ex- all these things, right? But we shouldn't encourage people to fail, right? And and people are going to listen to this and be like, well, what kind of dummy is just going to take that and think that I could just go, I should go out there and fail? You'd be surprised. Oh, my <laughs> You'd be surprised, right? Yeah. Right? So, so, you know, what I was saying, I was like, we should say, you know, leaders should encourage people to not be afraid to fail. The, the, the whole get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's uh, that'll that changes things, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, we should encourage you not to be afraid to fail. I'm not. You should do your best and try not to yeah. fail. But if you fail, you know it's not going to be the worst thing ever. But the, also another part of that is once again context, time, and place, right? Because I don't believe there's very many no fail missions, but there are some. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not the one you give to the person and cutting their teeth on something, right? Maybe I'm yeah. not like, hey, you you said you wanted to work on your public speaking, Bodie. So I'm gonna go ahead and make you the MC at the next annual awards banquet for the wing. 
Yeah, you've ruined me. Yeah, he's like, I've never done that before. No, you got it. Don't be afraid to fail, bro. Oh, now I feel better. <laughs> feel yeah. comfortable. Uncomfortable. And then I walk off the stage and you're like, remember, <laughs> yeah. don't be afraid of that failure you just incurred. Right, right. Don't, don't be afraid. You did well. You didn't really. But but yeah. don't worry. Next time you'll be better. Like, no, actually, I'm never even going to get the job like that again and I don't want to do it ever again. Usually you hear that when someone has failed at something. Right. You hear it a lot in sports. You're like... Well, they had to, to fail to get to where they ultimately... I heard that a lot during March yeah. Madness. Mm-hmm. You had to go through that suffering of last season yeah. to reach the pinnacle this yeah. year. I don't really believe in that. Yeah? I don't. <laughs> you could succeed. Right. But I think there are... It, life is not perfect. Right. You will have bumps in the road. Yeah. You will have times where... I'm not a huge fan of the word failure. I think mm-hmm. it's more of a... You weren't successful at something. Right. And you learned. I think a failure is more of like a... You, you, that's like an ending. Like you, right. you, were, you didn't do it. Yeah. But like... Hey, you weren't successful, but you know what? Bounce back, do it again. I I was not successful at a lot of things uh-huh. as a young airman, and it was treated like failure. Right. And but guess what? I did it mm-hmm. wrong on Monday. Came back, did it right on right. Tuesday. But I also knew like the the criticality of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't life or death in that situation. Now there are, like you said, situations where. You're not going to whisper to someone, hey, it's okay to fail. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to bring up like sensitive subjects or anything like that, but I'm sure like Normandy or issues, right. like, it wasn't yeah. like, hey, these this, aren't times to, these are, cut your teeth exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a good little thing to say when mm-hmm. you're trying to, you know, let people know that, hey, we're going to learn in this situation. Right. But I, I think it's, Time, timing's a lot of these. That's kind of a common thread I'm right. seeing with a lot of these right. these bumper sticker sayings. I, yeah, I think it's really important that you know when we're utilizing these, we have to understand, we have to hone our discernment. Yeah. You know? um, like you said, timing is very important with this, and 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 once again, it is important because we do learn more from failures than we do from successes. You know, successes are like validations. Yeah. Sometimes we're just lucky. Sometimes <laughs> right? we're surprised. Right, sometimes we're surprised. Yeah. But you're you're more likely gonna learn from failures. But it doesn't it's not automatic either. Because you have to also do the work to mm-hmm. learn from that failure. You know, like uh, our, our friend, you know, and mentor both of ours is General Gronsky, he he said, you know, failures and mistakes are don't mean anything by themselves. They only mean something valuable. They're only valuable is if you learn from them. Yes. Yeah. Right? So so it takes a, another, you know, there's a whole other step there. Yep. Because so many of us screw something up and we blame it on mistakes or we blame it on, you know, the situation, the circumstances. I was put in a no-win situation. Uh, and, I'm human. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm human. I just made a sound. I'm like, new. Yeah, you are human and you are, you know, allowed to make some mistakes and failures. But I want to make sure that you're tracking that this isn't a mistake. This was just a complete lack of preparation on your part. That's why that went south fast. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't oopsie. It was a whole bunch of weeks of oopsies <laughs> on decision making of not preparing for this. So yeah, yeah, you messed up. Hopefully, you learn from this. I think a lot of times too, we get very defensive when we do. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's weird. We all want to be perfect in our eyes and in others' eyes. Mm-hmm. No one is, mm-hmm. but everyone's afraid of failure. Yeah. We're very comfortable with doing things perfect and doing things great, but when we mess up on something to where we, we are conditioned, I think, to where regardless of who we are, if something happens, and I think it goes with that maturity piece, yeah. just like with the feedback, if you don't have it conditioned in you or programmed in you to where you mess up and you just say, hey, I screwed up. Yeah. That was on me. Mm-hmm. More times than not, 
And I mean, for the listeners out there, watch when somebody messes up on something mm-hmm. and you go up to them who says, hey, I just screwed up. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. That to me <laughs> is like, yeah. okay, but, yeah. but you know what? I'm going to fix it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, yeah. I'm new. It's my first time doing this. Yeah. Uh, no one told me. Yeah, you're giving up your own your own accountability, the ownership piece of that, right? Like, oh, yeah. this, this was it was somebody else's fault for putting me in this situation. I wasn't prepared. Like, it's there's some sort of reason as to why right. Right. that mistake was made. Where I think this goes into failure, but it, it shows character mm-hmm. based on how you respond to the failure. Right. Whether you come back and succeed, or in the moment before you even have a chance to redeem yourself. Mm-hmm. It is, are you accountable? Mm-hmm. Are you accountable for yeah. it? And I think that's something that uh, I'm trying to break that even with my daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll blast my daughter on here. Yeah, She'll mess up on something. And it was somebody else's fault at school. It was someone else didn't like it. It's, and I, I started telling her, I'm like, that, that stop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. That's, no, just own up to it and just be like, you know what? Yeah, I messed up. That yeah. was on me. And mm-hmm. people will respect you so much more in the long run for doing that. So I've learned that where... I screwed up on something uh, the other day in my classroom. I went in and uh, did something incorrect, and I could have easily walked in there and been like, oh, gosh, Commandant didn't tell me. The other instructors didn't talk about it, or, oh, my gosh, the schedule, or whatever. I I just went in and said, hey, I messed up. But you know what? I won't do that again. Now I know moving forward for future classes how to handle this situation. So I think that's all about how you react to it in the moment before it can even be fixed, I think is the, the biggest sign of somebody's character. Yeah, you break up a good point, and, and I want to circle back to transparency. Let's say, in that circumstance you just laid out, your commandant did not prepare you, mm-hmm. or they kind of accidentally, um, hopefully accidentally, geez, <laughs> set you up for failure, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you have a boss, right? Like, and, or misinterpreted you know, something. Misinterpreted something, or totally just led you astray, mm-hmm. right? In that moment, once again, you can be 100% transparent and say, so-and-so screwed me over. <laughs> but yeah. there's no value that that transparency no. brings. You no. can just own it, right? And be like, you know what? We as an institution didn't get this right. Or I screwed this up. What, whatever that is, right? And, and you just go ahead and own it and you deal with that circumstance later. But you don't need to do that in front of all your people, your, your, no. your students, right? Because in reality, your students right now, you're shepherding through this class. They need to have confidence in you. And they need to have confidence in your institution. So... In that moment, is transparency the best thing? Like, just yeah, yeah they, <laughs> seven people messed up, and that's why we're here right now. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, right? So once again, like, if we all lived in a world where, uh, where we didn't have, you know, the, the human condition in, in influencing things, and everybody can be very pragmatic and and take things as they are, and don't add value judgments on things, maybe we could be more transparent. But in yeah. reality, that's not the world we live in. We're all human. We're all flawed. So um, we have to sometimes pick and choose. Now, transparency is very important when it comes to processes, right, that influence things. Um, And even those things, though, I think that everybody is responsible, has a a ownership and accountability in there on how they respond to things to, to, because if I'm transparent with a process and you give me 17 reasons why you don't agree with this process still, and you do that every single time, I don't know if you create an environment where I feel I want to be transparent with every process with you anymore. (laughs) That doesn't necessarily change my process. It might change how I respond to, you know, providing transparency to that process. So, and I think that's just part of the human condition as well. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been in that same position too, mm-hmm. to where it's like I'm just going to back off at this point. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. The the piece you were talking about with the uh, uh, failure, mm-hmm. it, it sparked something in me to where even today, I don't know why I just didn't even think about this, but even today when I was in the middle of class, we, we have something simple like... Uh, we basically teach people how to teach, yeah. how to go throughout a lesson. And one of the things we talk about is for our auditory learners, mm-hmm. you need to really be able to connect where you're going in a lesson. We just yeah. talked about this, now it's how those transitions. Well, we do a lot of things in our course where we kind of, uh, we troll the students a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll intentionally mess up on how we're doing something and then we'll stop and we'll be like, hey, did y'all notice what I just did right there? So we're always keeping them on their toes to like, our footwork, our mm-hmm. talking with our back turned, how we erase yeah. our body movement, erasing the board, like everything. So we're, they're always very observant of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I messed up on my transition today. I yeah. didn't transition into my closure. Yeah. And I could have, because we've conditioned them to where we say, oops, I, I did that on purpose. Yeah, I messed yeah, up right. on purpose. Yeah. I flat out told them, hey, I totally screwed up. I completely forgot my transition but what I did was I showed them because they start teaching back to us next week I said hey look this goes to show you I've been doing this for four years Mm -hmm. and I'm still messing up right I still have things that I can't Mm -hmm. you know and it was something little but I was showing them that I'm not perfect up here doing this so it's okay next week if you do it and same mistake happens because I'm gonna refer back to it and say look hey need to improve on this but guess what I did the same thing last week as well so I can't hate on you too much for it Mm -hmm. Uh, so I thought that was at the time I was like oh you should have played it off the other way (laughs) but then I was like no this was good they get to see that and then like you said they get to hopefully next week when they do it they're like yeah I know I messed up on that and they'll take that ownership because they saw me do it right that's inspiring people right to me that that, that type of vulnerability slash transparency inspires people and that's what that's that's the correct timing of things, right? Um, I had a, a, a senior airman tell me because my uniform was jacked up a little bit, I, you know, like um, I think my button or my zipper was unzipped a little bit, and my my collar was all jacked up, and she was like, "Chief, I'm sorry, I got OCD. We need to fix that." And I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And she showed me. I was like, "Oh, thank you." And you could have been like, "Excuse yeah. me." Yeah, I know. But I was like super grateful. Yeah. Or I could have been like, "Oh, I was testing you." You've been doing a lot of push-ups. <laughs> yeah, <like. laughs> yeah, right. So there's all kind of things. So there's 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 times there. I was like, "Yeah, I screwed up too." Like you know, <laughs> put my uniform on. You know, I had patches on backwards or whatever. You know, it could be a thing. So um, I think those are great opportunities. I know you. So you brought up being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? So the, there's a positive effect of that of that bumper sticker or, or slogan, right? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the positive side of that? Positive side is it gets you out of your comfort zone. Right. It gets you to try new things. I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be podcasting. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing any right. of that if I didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to try this. Yeah. I'm going to step out of my – the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic caused a lot of us mm-hmm. to step out of our comfort zone right. and try new things and pick up new hobbies. and. Uh, I think that was the positive that came along from it. However, like we've been kind of talking about with a lot of these, there is that flip side mm-hmm. where it's, you know, uh, hey, I am Bodie. I'm throwing you in front of mm-hmm. this annual awards banquet to make you MC. Right. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. No, now you've just totally right. ruined me because right. I have no self confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, anytime something as simple as heading up a safety brief in my work center. Yeah. I'm scarred for how bad I performed in front of that group of people. Now in front of 12, I really can't do it. Uh, So I think there is a good side to that and a bad side to that Mm -hmm. as well. 
Yeah, so once again, like without the discernment, the ability, the timing, and, and, and the good judgment, yeah. you know, of when Starts to the put leaders. people into that environment. So I think individually as a person, um, I think it's important. That's a great, um, that's a great way to live, right? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. For me, like I, I've taken on more things I've never thought I would do before, you know? I mean, I had an A1C teaching me how to do audiovisual for a worship team. I mean, just things that I'm um, being uncomfortable right uh for a couple things i got a once he teaching me something which i think is awesome mm-hmm. right but in younger version of me could have felt insecure about that yeah uh i'm also doing something that i don't know anything about right so so i'm putting myself in an environment because that's where growth lies right in that uncomfortable state but also to your point as a leader if you live by that mantra and you keep on trying to put people in situations that are uncomfortable, but you're not using discernment and not really realizing that this is the right time versus the wrong time, um, you know, it could be something as dumb as not really knowing the, the situation that your subordinate or, or your teammates going through right now. At home, they got some situation, but then you're going to force them into some environment that they're not ready for, mm-hmm. you know, or in, the, in that moment, you know, and, and these are all things that, you know, we need to to consider so i think once again it comes down to it's a great mantra it's a great bumper sticker right um it's a great thing you read on social media right these are, it's true because it's true right individually but outside out of context you know people could take that and and assume you know assume a role that they should right or do something yeah. wrong with it it's a confidence thing mm-hmm. i think is what it's it's a really good confidence tool but mm-hmm. It, uh, I equate it to like a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You get a, a high draft pick quarterback, mm-hmm. and you decide we're going to throw him out there. Yeah, get comfortable. Yeah, get comfortable. With the, but they get torn up. Yeah, now their confidence is gone. Right. Whereas you know, get comfortable sitting on the bench for a little right. bit. We're gonna, we're going to put you here. You, you've been a starter everywhere else your entire career. Yeah. Now we're ready for you. We're going to throw you out there uh, in a, when we need you. Mm-hmm. And you can step up, and uh, you know someone's hurt. Boom, you step in. Yeah. Uncomfortable situation, games depending on what you're going to do here late. Uh, I think that's a, and that could be a huge confidence boost. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, you know it's sometimes that positional power that people have. It's uh, hey, I'm gonna, I'm I don't want to do it, right. so I'm gonna have you do it, and then I'm yeah. just gonna use. Well, get comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> this is gonna make you better. Using it as a villain. <laughs> yeah, but it may t- it may absolutely. Right. Right. tear someone apart but yeah we, we did that we were working on a project not too long ago and mm-hmm. someone was like I don't want to do that I'm, I'm not good at that mm-hmm. and I said yeah, I'll help you with it right but you need to be heading this up because yeah. this is like you said opportunity for growth right yeah and I think you know that's a great point you brought up too is like hey I'm not gonna let you fail necessarily you know what I mean like hey we're, we're putting you in this position to grow yeah right and I don't want you to be afraid to fail once again like we talked about earlier don't I'm not encouraging you to fail but I don't want you to be afraid to fail mm-hmm. but at the same time I got your back I'm gonna be coaching you through this I'm not just throwing you out there and walking away yep. right this is not Sparta yeah <laughs> I'm not throwing you to the wolves you may have to that. think a little bit right. and put in a yeah. little extra work yeah. but I'm I'm gonna be the floaties on your arms mm-hmm. if need be right absolutely so I think those are um some great points too, man. And another one that I wanted to go over with you is this, um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, our, my friend Hope Skibitsky, right? She was here at, at the course I'm at right now. And she said something she's concerned about is it's okay to not be okay. And pushing that comment out there constantly, it's okay to not be okay. And 
there's a couple of implications that she brought up about it because I think the good thing about it is, hey, everybody's allowed to have their moment. You have you have life situations going on. You can take a knee. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Perfectly valid, right? But um, but she brought up some things that I didn't even consider. It was like, hey, if you keep on pushing that to people, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. And you keep on as a leader, you're thinking that's the right thing to say. You read you, you read it on a on a meme, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, it's right? on Instagram. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're, motivational quotes. It's okay to not be okay. And then uh, your subordinates like. Okay, I'm ready to be okay though. I keep on telling me that. Yeah. Like, can you also let me recover now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that could, it, it can almost become like um, just overwhelming. You just constantly hitting them. Um, but the other thing is, it can create an environment where the person individually doesn't find a reason to get better too. So there's a couple implications there. I didn't even consider with that, and I think. Um, uh, yeah, it just kind of opened up my eyes to, yeah, maybe we shouldn't always say that. Another thing that, um, in the same vein, is like, we're so busy. We're always busy. Leaders keep on saying we're busy. We're busy. Oh. We're busy, right? And it's like, why do you keep saying that? Yeah. <laughs> why do you keep saying that? Yeah, that one. So this this one, I could go so many different directions with this one because, first of all, I'm glad that we're at least letting people know it is okay yeah. to not be okay. Right. When I came in, even I mean, gosh, even I think, it, and I'm not going to just sit here and say it was a military thing. It was a society thing mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell anybody if you weren't okay. Right. You didn't tell anybody... I needed to go to mental health. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell anybody I needed to talk to someone. I need to seek help. That was a sign of weakness. Right. Now it's a sign of strength. Right. That, hey, I, I've been to mental health. Mm-hmm. I have no problem saying that on here. I have no problem sitting in front of a group of students and mm-hmm. saying, like, look, I've been to mental health. They still have me teaching. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I'm fine. Yeah. But, and that's the purpose behind it. Right. But, I think it's like you said, as long as you're seeking help, mm-hmm. getting help, you're not just taking a knee, but you're seeking mm-hmm. you know, assistance from somebody. Right. But um, I think with the whole, it's okay to not be okay, you're right. It does, if there's lingering effects and it's mm-hmm. just, you, you see no signs of improvement, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm, just, I'm just not, I need to take another knee. Right. I need to take another knee. Right. But the, going to what you said about the, uh, I don't have enough time. Right. I don't have enough time to even like check on my people, or right. I don't have time to yeah, take a knee. Yeah, too busy. Yeah, yeah I'm busy. too busy to yeah. to do this. There are lingering effects to that. Mm-hmm. It's it's like getting no sleep. Right. Your body's gonna start shutting down on you. Right. You are gonna start to get moody, and the people around you are gonna start suffering mm-hmm. from it. If not work, you know, because oh, we're too busy for this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Well, your family is now mm-hmm. seeing it. Now other people are starting to, your kids are seeing it in you and stuff. So I think we need to take a knee. We need to understand that if I, if I need to talk to someone, it's one thing to go to someone and say like, Hey sir, you know, I'm going through something. I need some, some mentorship or Hey, I need a friend to talk to. But if you're constantly saying, Hey, I can't do this. I gotta, this is going on. I gotta take a knee. It's almost like the boy that cried wolf to an Mm -hmm. extent with people where it's like, Okay, now are you just using this, mm-hmm. or like where where are we going with it? There needs to be some sort of action, and there's several facilities and, and mm-hmm. programs and yeah. agencies that are there to help you. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's okay, but I think at the same time it needs to be for the yeah. for need if needed. 
Right, yeah. If, if you're just sitting in the state where it's okay to not be okay and you keep on being told that... It's draining. You're like, okay, so this is okay for me to do this. And then maybe that could even drive me to not get help because I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm just having a moment right now. Then it lingers to two or three weeks and lingers to months. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm still not there yet, you know. And, and I think it could... The negative impl- possible impl- uh, implication of that is that... Um, someone sits in it too long, right? Your team's picking up the right. slack, picking, yeah. yeah and, and then the member themselves don't realize that they can they can also recover from this. And leaders have such an influence, you know, especially if you're a very influential, effective leader. If you keep on saying that, you can make them feel like they're stuck in this, you know, in, the, in this, this cycle, yeah. right? The script of it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay, you know? Yeah. And then you get stuck there and you're like, well, now I'm not even seeking ways to get out of this because I'm almost being, um, it's, it's almost implied that I'm not okay and I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, think, I found that to be an interesting one too because you see that like, you know, on, on, on whatever the motivational quotes and all that as well. I look at it, kind of like being a parent again, I look at it where... But for like a supervisor standpoint, mm-hmm. if I have enough personal power and this person respects me and yeah. feels comfortable with me and going back to the first two topics we, we brought up, mm-hmm. vulnerability and transparency, if you're relatable, if they feel like they can really open up to you yeah. and really trust you, it's almost like they, in situations I've been in, I can't speak for everybody else, but for most people, they feel like they owe it to you to get better. They owe mm-hmm. it to you to, right. hey, I don't want to, if I were to talk to you, I've, mm-hmm. I've gone to you for stuff yeah. personally. And I'm like, gosh, I feel bad mm-hmm. unloading this on him of what I'm going through. I need to get better. I got good people right. in my corner, good people looking out for me. They're letting me know that I can pick myself back up. I almost owe it to them. Mm-hmm. As a, you know, my daughter, she goes through something. She's like, oh, you know, I, I hate to bog you down with this. I hate to, you know, for you to have to deal with this. And I'm like, but let me help you. Right. Let me help you out with it. But sometimes as leaders, I think that may be like a missing piece is do the leaders take time to actually assist them with it, to yeah. open up, to actually point them in the right direction? Or did the leader say, it's going to get better? Yeah, it's, it's okay to better. not be okay, right? And just yeah. say that, and because they they read it somewhere, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's not my problem. Yeah, like you, of, you're it's not my child. I'm read to you. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know, in that point that you brought up, I know I feel like some people, I don't know if they get offended by it as much as people make ex- try to. Um, they suggest that hey, you know, they're not kids. Yeah, we got it. But they're not kids. But I see them as. I don't even have children, but I still see them as as children in the way that I care about them and I want them to do well, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think when it comes to that, you know, being a, a, a supervisor in, in the Air Force or the military, being a leader that's directly um, a frontline supervisor over somebody, it's not the same as being a supervisor at, on the outside. No. Right? There are responsibilities that, that we have to take care of America's, you know, sons and daughters. And so we should care about them in that way. You know, we should love them in that way and, and try to take care of them and help them grow to be great human beings. So um, I think some people get, you know, offended by that. Like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, I, I look at it like raising my children. I was like, 
but it shouldn't be. You right? and I both were stationed yeah. in Germany. Yeah. And and I can tell you from and for those of you who have been over there and, and have supervised, mm-hmm. you've probably seen what it's like. If not, if you're working at you know Blockbuster Video or something, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different. They come in there and it's Johnny got hired. Johnny starts working there. Yeah. You supervise him, make sure he comes in, punches his card in and out. Right. Where someone joins at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And now they are being sent off to another country. Right. You are on paper the one that is in charge of them. So mm-hmm. you legit have them in the palm of your hand. Right. Like in terms of you can drop it and go like, right. mm, figure it out. Right. That's a lot. Or you right. can get them there and say, you know what? Hey, let me go get you some sheets for your bed. Let me mm-hmm. get you some towels right. so you can yeah. shower. Let me go get you some food. Right. Let me help you with this. Hey, it's Christmas. You're away from family. Let yeah. me check up on you. In a way, in a sense, it is like being a parent if you are right. really, really invested in them because we're, what is it, the third most stressful job? Yeah. It, 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 it's a very stressful job in the hours and everything. Yeah. I think and at one point, enlisted was the number one most stressful job in the, in the Forbes yeah. survey. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. these people have, yeah. and the, these men and women yeah. that are 18, 19, 20, 21 years, even in their mid 20s or mm-hmm. early 30s, they have, and, and this is not a knock because, hell, I've been in the same position. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad have taken care yeah. of you most mm-hmm. of your life. You've been reliant on someone mm-hmm. else. But now this is their first time on their own, and you are that one that's there to kind of mm-hmm. get them transitioned in. And this is their – they have six, seven months of independence under yeah. their belt. Yeah. And you are responsible for making sure they're, they're taken care of. And we all need somebody to go to. Yeah. yeah. Or they could even be – you know, they didn't have the mom and dad figure, so nobody ever... Now um, you're that first person. Yeah, right. Nobody really took the time or, you know, um, uh, exemplified what we should be doing as people, right? So I think there's a lot of parallels to it, and I think it's important that we're kind of going off on a tangent, but I think that it, there's a lot of parallels to it, and if you do it effectively, you know, uh, and form as, yeah, as like a parent in a way... Yeah. Um, it's the, all the best leaders I've ever had, there was there was a sense of love and care, you know, that they actually cared about me and they wanted to grow me. That investment, right? right. They, because as a frontline supervisor, your brand, there's so many parallels, man. We do this all the time. You, you just finished Airman Leadership School. You don't, you never supervise anybody. You're still trying to learn how to lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Now you got this brand new Airman that just got a basic training, got out of tech school, and now they don't know anything about the Air Force, uh, and now you're supervising that person. You don't know what you're doing. How many parenting situations like that? You, you, you're, you, you've never been a parent. <laughs> you're yeah. still growing up as a, as a young 20-something year old. You learn from yeah. the first yeah. one, you get it better with the <laughs> right, next right. one. Right, <laughs> and, right. And you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to, you know, you're just hoping they're not going to be brutal. <laughs> and, and you take care you of it. You hope they grow up to be successful right. and you see them succeed right. in the military. Right. And you, there's people that I've had come through my class or that I've rated on and I look at them and what they're doing now, and yeah. I'm like, wow. The yeah. I have someone in my class now who went through uh, Airman PDS right. that we put on, and I see that, and yeah. it's like, wow, they're growing yeah. up so quick. Right. You're so proud, but yeah, that's for, for me. I'd be I'd be proud if um, you know if somebody said, you know, they saw me as like their child, or if somebody somebody I supervised said that you know that I treated like them like one of my children. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like to me, that's not a knock. You know, and I think uh-huh. some people could take it the wrong way or whatever, be insulted by it. But that's, that's definitely not the, you know, not the, not the intent of what we're talking. You about. listen to a lot of great coaches, mm-hmm. a lot of especially a lot of good college coaches. Mm-hmm. They they look at these uh, 
eh, I'm a Tar Heel, I'll say. But like they look at how you know Dean Smith was, or Roy Williams, or or Coach K for Duke. Mm-hmm. I can play both sides. Yeah. They uh, they they look at these coaches and they like they're like a father to me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a compliment. If someone says it about me in the military. Yeah. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take that all day. <laughs> I'll, ha- I'll have 400 kids running around the Air Force. Yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> And that kind of, you know, that kind of segues into the final one, uh, the final, what we said, the bumper sticker. And this is more Air Force related, but you can relate it to anything else, I think. Uh, take care of your airmen, right? And um, I think over the last 10, 15 years, I've seen a big shift. Uh, we understand what taking care of your airmen is. And I think we've, uh, a lot of people have taken that and then they've internalized it and turned it into, always have my airmen's back, uh, always defend them at all costs, even when they're completely wrong. You know, or or they're Very making defensive. unethical decisions, right? Yeah. They're or, or, or breaking the law, you know, or uh, just everything in between, you know. And I think that's a cultural thing that I've noticed as a big shift. Um, and to me, taking care of airmen isn't. It needs. There's even more description of that, right? To me, taking care of airmen is also showing instilling discipline. Yeah, serving them in any way that they need. Maybe not what they want, but what they need. Um, Are we still talking about parenting? Right, right, same, right, same <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> right, so, so that's why uh, taking care of, you know, I think somehow it got turned that, you know, you read the, the bumper sticker, you hear people say it, and that turns into, uh, yeah, just no matter what, I, already, I, they, I always got to have their back. And I was like, yeah, you got to have their back, but having their back doesn't mean just defending them at all costs. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I see it. That it, it's been one of my pet peeves. I, when I teach, I talk about a lot of things that I'm that, you know, are, are, are things that Sergeant Bodenheimer mm-hmm. sees and is like, oh, this will rub you the wrong way. One of which is even like instructing. Mm-hmm. I talk about how instructors get this weird thing of how someone gets auto drafted to your class, yeah. and then if they do something wrong, another instructor comes out there, yells at them, yeah. and then you're like, time out. Yeah. Are you talking to my student that way? <laughs> They're not your student. Right. They're someone who is in your classroom. Right. Yeah. But I saw that early in my career to where it was it was crazy. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, we need you to go out there and sweep. Who told my airman to yeah. go sweep? Right. I didn't tell him to sweep. And even when they do mess up mm-hmm. and they have, I mean, a whole yeah. plethora of issues that, could, right. that I could bring up right here, but... Uh, I'm going down with it. No, that you don't know them like I do. Yeah. You don't know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. You, I wouldn't expect you to understand. You're not their supervisor. Mm-hmm. They're people. They're going to make yeah. mistakes. And you know what? You can sit there and you can support them and say, like I, we were talking about uh, General Gronsky. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. He told like this incredible story to our class about how someone uh, got in trouble, got locked up. But... He went and visited them yeah, on yeah, Christmas. Right, I think it was so. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, but he, he actually went and visited them yeah. and was there and like was hey, yeah. I'm I'll be here to support you. Yeah. But you have to understand yeah. the mistakes that you made. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, after that, it was years and years and years later. This individual saw him on a deployment. Yeah. And went up and thanked him for that support. So I think it's one thing to support, but. It's another when you get like really defensive yeah. and you st- you almost start to sink yourself, yeah, because yeah. of this individual, right. and that backfires a lot of times. Right. I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Every, yeah, you're gonna fall on sword for every single thing that they do. So it's like uh, there's there's a there's a weird uh, 
pendulum swing to because some people you know do the wrong thing and they're not taking care of their airmen so now we've gone completely the other way and I think that what's really important about that is that um does grace and accountability can live in the same space, yeah. yep. right? So you can hold somebody accountable and still be graceful, just like just like um, that General Gronsky did for that individual. Yep. But I, I've seen I've seen an NCO come out of a club. I, I wasn't physically there, but this is a circumstance that I know of, right? I get told, of course, because one of my NCOs, <laughs> one of my NCOs is coming out the club in uniform, no hat on. Uh, has his hat on somebody else, you know, a spouse or something like that. Anyway, he didn't have his hat on. Uh, somebody approached them, the high-ranking person approached them in a way with some profanity. Probably not the approach I would have made, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole, the, the whole leadership team of that individual said, well, why'd they, why'd they approach him that way? I was like, why didn't he have his hat on? Have you guys asked him that? Like, so I get it. Like, okay, got it. Shouldn't have been approached that what way. What caused yeah. this to happen? But, <laughs> but yeah. we're not even focused at all on the fact that the member there was an infraction of standards there. Yeah. You know, and and that's where we've gone to. It was like, no, this is taking care of my airmen. Is like getting on the person who corrected my airmen in a way that I didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. But why was a correction needed? Right. Right. And and I think that you can address both of those. You don't just have to. You don't just have to defend your person at all costs. You can address that and also address the person who maybe you know didn't didn't approach it the right way. Have you seen a lot of this too? Kind of the flip side, where it is you need to go talk to your airman mm-hmm. about an issue I have with them. Yeah, your airman did this. I had someone come up to me. They got into an yeah. issue with one of my airmen yeah. at a location mm-hmm. that neither one of them needed to be at Mm -hmm. and they came to me and said you need to go get your person yeah why didn't you do it yeah you know it's like exactly and maybe that's a byproduct of the environment that we've created now you know you can't correct anybody else's people you can't do you think that whole thing though of the like being defensive about because yeah i saw a lot of that early in my career Mm -hmm. where it was we were very defensive of our airmen like they are our child Mm Because it is. I mean, this this whole thing's been about how right. they're they're almost like our children. Yeah. What happens if you were to tell me like you need to? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're yelling at Becton, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, oh, time out, right. time out, time right. out. That's yeah. that that's mine. Right. We kind of do the same thing with people we supervise. Right. So, uh, do you think it's gotten to that point to where when people do get on your child, right. you do a little bit of self reflecting? Like when yeah. you get called, your daughter gets yeah. called to her principal's office. You almost feel like they're questioning you as a parent. Right. Could be. Do you feel like when people are questioning yeah. our airmen, yeah. it's that little insecurity where yeah. it's like, I'm probably not doing yeah. my job right as a I think that, I think it could be, right? I think it's a combination of that. But I think a lot of it is just a misinterpretation of what taking care of my airmen means. Yeah. So I, I, I just, that's just Joe Bogdan's opinion. I think that's what, yeah. where most of it lies in that, in that area. Um, we just kind of, you know, we were taught, you know, to take care of them, we're to love them, and all that stuff. And I think it's just gotten to the point where we've turned that into, don't discipline them. <laughs> you know, and, and, it's my job to discipline. Right, right, yeah. So that's 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 the that's the thing. And you know, your your point about whole like, um, hey, you need to get your airmen or whatever. Nothing frustrates me more than a leader that won't lead. Right? Yeah. And, and you're in a leadership position, and you're not willing to make the correction on something, or you're gonna pawn off that decision somewhere else. I, I don't know how many times I've had my airman downrange do something stupid and then the downrange commander 
or the downrange senior enlisted leader sends me a note about whatever this airman did, but they didn't do anything about it downrange. So now you're the bad guy. Now, now I got to deal with it, right? And it's like, why didn't you take care of it down there? You know, it's, or what are you going to yeah, do about yeah, it? They yeah. follow with that. Right. What are you going to do about right. this? Right, absolutely. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's such an interesting thing that that you know, with the whole responsibility piece there. But this is like another heat seeker episode. Yeah, I know. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> people really listen to this. We're going to get a lot of heat on this yeah. one too. This is good though. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to accept it. <laughs> so I think that um yeah the whole point of this is like yes the things that were that we see on social media these bumper stickers people say these things these mantras they all have great positive reasons motivation them, motivation Monday. right they, I mean they're great right yeah. these are all things that are really important um, but they got to be taken into context. That you have to understand timing. You have to understand there's more to it than just saying you need to be vulnerable as a leader, right? There's more to it than you just need to be transparent. You know, um, there's timing, there's who you're talking to, right? The who, what, when, and where is very important to any of these concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, taking care of your environment, it could be misconstrued, you know, or, or even um, that's okay to not be okay. That could be misconstrued. So I think there, there's this more of a level. So I think my biggest thing that I, I would pass on is you're not going to learn leadership from bumper stickers. Yeah. You know, you can, you can recite them all you want, but unless you have the reps and understand why timing, context, all that who, what, when, and where, you know, all that's important in any of these concepts, if you just spout them out there, you're losing credibility every moment. Yep. You know, so you have to learn the art of it. You can, you know, I always talk about like you get into a taekwondo class and you're kicking in the air and doing doing all that stuff. Doesn't mean you can fight. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Those are great concepts, but until you put them into practice and and realize, you know, you can have your plan, but you know, as a great warrior poet Mike Tyson said about plans, punch them out. Yeah. You know, so uh, I think that's that's what the big thing is. Is you have to do the work beyond reading the motivational quote. Yeah. Right, and understand that. And I think that's that's the important piece. That's good. This is really good too because we have Wednesday words, which is yeah. our our like quote of <laughs> deep quote that we have on our our Instagram page. So now I'm like, oh man, this is, these are bumper stickers I'm posting up here. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but I think what happens is you put them out there, and this how you have to understand that environment, right? And in in the Instagram world and the social media world, we just put out the quick part. That's going to get, get the 400 light. likes. Get yeah, yeah. 400 people didn't internalize yeah. what you said. Right. It just sounded good. Right. And then and then they spouted it off. Do you get the Ooh, I like that. Yeah. But what does it mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Do you are do you exhibiting that? Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was a good conversation, man. This was fun. This was good. Hopefully this recorded. I hope it did too, man. Not, <laughs> yeah, it may, I don't know, man. I got a, I got a nice view of downtown yeah. Montgomery. Yeah, we got you, a parking, parking garage, garage right here. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we got we got a biscuits game yeah. going on. Like we skipped the biscuits game yep. for this. Yeah, so this no, is this, this is, is big. <laughs> but hey, man, how do how do people uh, find out more about you and your awesome Shadows podcast? Yeah, so Shadows Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. You can also check it out at theshadowspodcast.com. Instagram, uh, I guess I should know my Instagram tag. If you go on Instagram and look up the Shadows Podcast, you'll find it. Um, <laughs> I believe it's the underscore Shadows Podcast. But uh, no, it's uh, we're actually rolling into season two of Rise from the Shadows coming up. July 7th will be our launch date of that. 
We're going to have 12 episodes on there. We're going to focus on spiritual, emotional, physical, and social mm. mask that we wear. Uh, okay. So we're going to focus on all four of those elements uh, and those pillars in our lives. And uh, yeah, the shadows keep rolling. We're still going to have shadows episodes now coming out back on Mondays again. Mm. Um, got some good episodes already recorded, ready to go. And then... Uh, the rise from so we'll start coming out on Thursday starting in July but it's awesome stuff we've had some really cool guests recently really past couple episodes have been getting really really deep yeah deep stuff to where people have been uh, I'm getting a lot of this yeah. you know I've never told anybody this before and I love it yeah. I love hearing yeah. though yeah. vulnerability yeah. transparency are we sure though are we sure have we <laughs> yeah yeah well but yeah no it's uh like I said great great lineup of guests lined up um, I'm actually getting it's it's pretty cool because I'm getting to the point where now uh, I'm starting to get into that llama lounge yeah. realm where it's oh. like people are reaching out to me um, which I love I love it they're like hey I heard it uh, I want to be on there I think I got a good story to tell so we got some really really cool guests coming up and actually you and I got to get back together because uh, uh, my father's birthday okay. is coming up yeah and uh, my father for the listeners out there that, that haven't already heard my you know episode three of the shadows podcast uh, <laughs> my father passed away when I was 11 and a lot of uh, actually this whole podcast journey got started because of an article I wrote mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for llama leadership and uh, so I was like wow what fitting way to you know I, I did an episode on my journey but yeah. I want to have a celebration of his life yeah. uh, he passed away in 1993 so I'm like yeah I want to do an episode I think you're going to talk to me I'm going to actually reach out to some family members yeah. get some stories recorded get those on the air and celebrate his legacy as yeah. well so definitely check that out that should be coming out June 23rd of this year on his birthday so yeah, yeah. it's been a pretty cool episode with that it's going to be fun yeah I'm excited man and it's an honor uh, to, to let me come on and and help out with that, man. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's Couldn't think of a better person for it. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And yeah, to all the listeners, if you have not checked out the Shadows podcast, it's amazing. Um, you hear some of the greatest stories, um, some of the wildest stories at times. <laughs> uh, Bodhi puts a lot of work into these um, great themed series that come out, you know, uh, whether it's the March Madness series, you know, the Rebound series. There's a lot of different, um, uh, just time relevant you know, points and stories that come out. His episodes are amazing, so highly recommend you checking them out, man. And and the rest of our teammates on the Lima Charlie Network, man, they're they're all doing amazing things. Very different, but all with a with a uh, with a similar goal to try to help people become the best them, of themselves. You know. Oh, I guess you got to do a plug for Lima Charlie Network. Yeah. Since they're listening to yeah. Llama Lounge. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. The the Lima Charlie Network. Check them out, LimaCharlieNetwork.com, and you'll see. All of our amazing uh, podcast family members. Um, a lot of, they're all we're all military supporters or military uh, members um, or past mem- uh, members and veterans. So, um, just everything from emotional intelligence, what we talked about with Noble, uh, the Lama leadership team. Uh, we got Jay Lee out here doing financial freedom discussions, right? Uh, he's our rookie. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> super important, right? Bodie's out there, um, and you know. Got Jerry Dugan, who's the OG. <laughs> Jerry's Jerry's like our 1980 Kareem, yeah. and yeah. Jay's like our 1980 Magic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got uh, Shea Sparks just rounding out the amazing team. So yeah, and if I forgot somebody, buddy, save me here. Nina. <laughs> uh, Nina's part of the Llama Leadership Team. Yeah, yeah. Nina, <laughs> yeah Nina's yeah, kind of yeah, like the, the great powerful eyes. <laughs> right. of, yeah, she's like yeah. In, got her hands in all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So yeah, I forgot y'all adopted her. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 part yeah. of our team. Yeah, she's a llama. She's a llama. So, <laughs> but yeah, great team. And also, um, just want to do a special shout out to our show sponsor, Blazing Star Bar- Barbecue. Another uh, veteran-owned business, Mike Starr, doing amazing things with his rubs and sauces, um, bringing his the unique flavors from his world travels to your backyard. Check them out. The Reaper Rub is king. BlazingStarBarbecue.com. Order yours because um, they run out pretty quick. They run out pretty mm. quick. It tastes so good, man. Avodi, thank you so much for coming on, man. This is awesome. It's my pleasure. I'm glad we did this. This yeah. is cool. Yeah, there's nothing better than doing it in person, man. This I, I like this. Cool, but yeah, this is a lot better. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna start doing in-person interviews yeah. from here on out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this recorded. We don't. We don't really know. So, well, yeah, man. If you didn't record, then scratch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. Thanks, brother. Absolutely. All right. And to all our listeners, as always, be safe, stay healthy, keep growing. And until the next week, Llama's out. Thanks for tuning in to the Llama Lounge podcast. Be sure to visit the homepage for links to products and services related to this episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. See you next time.